And so it was our thing to go to every single hometown buffet we could. If there was one in town, we would go. And so his funeral that I held was at the hometown buffet. Oh, <laughs> that's so Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Bad Times Good Stories Podcast, the podcast where I, Joe Flanders, talk with a different guest every week about a bad, awkward, embarrassing, or just shitty time from their life that uh, hopefully they've overcome or they're able to laugh about, and uh, that is definitely the case with today's guest, comedian, actor, influencer, Aiden Park. I'd never met him before, uh, which has become a common theme on this show, now that I've talked with all the people I know. Um, and there's really something electric about that, uh, particularly on a show like this where people are opening up and being so vulnerable. Aiden talks about the fact that his boyfriend um, of several years who, you know, they had, they had planned on being together forever, uh, got cancer and died. And um, this happened like a year ago. So it's still fairly fresh. And so Aiden talks about the different ways that he's been dealing with it. Um, he's a really positive person, which all things considered is, is pretty remarkable. So we talk about that. Uh, we do laugh about it. I think, uh, as I said, Aiden's a comedian. So um, he's able to sort of find the funny in a, a topic that certainly isn't naturally hilarious by any means. But we did. We laughed. And, you know, he's just a positive person. He talks about um, just, you know, a lot of self-love and positive thinking and also just doing uh, copious amounts of drugs and having sex with random men. Uh, <laughs> as always, that he's uh, he's kind of been coping with it. Anyway, it was just it was a really great conversation. And, and I, I appreciate him uh, talking so openly about it all with me, a complete stranger. So I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please give us that five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast program you use. You can also watch the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Joe Flanders, if you're interested in that. So that's all I've got for now. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Aiden Park. Joe, everybody in my life that has caused me pain is named Joe. Really? Yeah. I just broke up with the Joe. Oh, boy. My boss is named Joe. Wow. Uh, well, this could be a new beginning with the Joe. Mm. Maybe? If you, what do you think? If you'll let me take more beauty beauty gummies <laughs> home. If I, have to, if I have to buy your, your love and friendship with beauty gummies, mm. it's, a, it's, it's a price I'm willing to pay. You got a lot of followers, Joe. I do. Yeah. Woo woo. Yeah. Okay. Apparently people like hearing about uh, shitty times people have been through. I'm shocked. And I love talking about mine, so it's just a great time. Isn't it wonderful? It, I really do enjoy doing it, I gotta say. Um, I'm say it's like the, whenever somebody who doesn't have at least C-cup boobs and is willing to show them off has more than eh, 3,000 followers, I'm impressed. Yep. Well, yep. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm rocking a C, but I haven't shown them off yet. You're rocking. <laughs> That's another painful time you can talk about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm working on it. I'm getting my 10,000 steps. I'm All trying right. to get down to a B. 
Are you? Do you have a? Do you have a Fitbit? Uh, I've, I've been using the the tracker on my phone, mm -hmm. which I hear is inconsistent. But I'm also cheap, mm -hmm. and so I already have the phone. Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with it. I think you should have the. I had a Fitbit. Yeah. And like this is going on camera, right? Yeah. So I talk with my hands, mm -hmm. and one time. It was like three o'clock and I was like on the phone. I was sitting there. I was like, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, congratulations, 10,000 steps. And I was like, the hell? <laughs> so you were able to fool the Fitbit into what, running a marathon? Right. Like you just ran 10 miles. Yeah, totally. It's impressive. And I didn't even need a paint shaker to put it on and cheat. So uh, given the name of the show, I often have... I've. I had a cynical view of life that it, life was just a series of bad times, good stories. Mm -hmm. uh, now my opinion has changed and that it's just really fun to talk about the bad times and how we've overcome them. Um, but I got to say, do you ever think about just like the number of things that have to go right in a day for it to just be an average day? And I say this because on my way out, I was on my way to work this morning, had my like, you know, reusable Starbucks cup doing my part, but the lid didn't work. So then I got coffee all over myself, and uh, then I smelled of coffee in somebody's house I'd never been in before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was filming something for them. My job is not just to rob houses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, and it just made me think, like, the number of, th like, as somebody who bumps into walls and trips all the time, I just, I've grown to have an appreciation for just an average day where nothing actually goes wrong. Yeah. For sure. Just a random it's thought all, I had. It's also, you can be appreciative. Same thing can happen, and two people can look at it in two different ways, and it's the way you look at it. Exactly. That's, that's uh, very wise of you, which is fitting, as uh, not only are you a comedian, but you're a comedian who gives good advice. Oh, yeah. My advice um, is always solid. And I, I emphasize good just because when I saw that you did advice stuff without actually watching it first, I just assumed, oh, it's another comedian who does like the bad advice column you know what i mean what like i've that? seen it's just comedians who give bad advice and that's the joke like on purpose bad yeah. advice yeah. yeah no and yours is really genuine and really cool yeah and, you know great yeah so um, i'm bravo. confident yeah <laughs> i'm so confident about it um but uh well there's no easy way to segue into this so from what you told me um you know, i was telling you off mic that uh you know when i reach out to guests uh particularly ones i haven't met and i'm trying to like basically pry into what their worst thing they've experienced is uh sometimes i'll get a few they'll shoot me back a few ideas that don't really feel like they have meat to them and what you sent me i was like oh my god yeah so, which one which part <laughs> <laughs> well and to be honest it was there was it was um the story that you said you'd be down to tell and then also the fact that after that you wrote ha 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 and i thought this is amazing that we this is we that's you processing something and having come out the other side yeah. and being able to laugh about it yeah. which is the very goal of the show yeah so you've already done it so I, you won't need my help but um i mean this is this is not and so you said the event that that we'll talk about kind mm -hmm. of led you to doing the um like advice right stuff. right very cool okay so i mean i guess we should just uh, so just a little backstory. Um, where where are you? Or were you born here? Where were you born? I was born in Korea. Oh wow! And uh, oh, you didn't know any of this? I didn't realize so that part. It was yeah. a shit show before even the main story. Okay. Okay. I'll just cover yeah. those. Yeah. That'll yeah. Lead Give me the whole feel. Yeah. I moved here when I was nine. Okay. Single mom. 
because okay. my dad had a whole other family and was lying to both families and saying that they were he was he was going out of the country for business, but had two jobs and really yeah and lied How to both families. How far apart were the families? Pusan was where the other family was. Okay, and um, Seoul was was where my mom. Okay, how far is that? Uh, it's like Los Angeles to. San Francisco. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So a fair amount of, you know, a fair it'd be crazy distance. if there was like down the street or something. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. This was wow. the 80s before Facebook. Sure. Yeah. You know, so you could. So wow. Holy shit. So he shit. did all that. And, so, and then we I, moved here. So your mom found out and then was like, uh, we're going to America? No. She found out when I was like four. Uh-huh. Raised me by herself for five years. Wow. Uh, we we had a little video store. Really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> then we moved here and my mom took a... My mom found a man who we came here undocumented. Okay. And at that time, there were no protections really. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, undocumented was just that's it for you. Yeah, you know what I mean? That was in the here. Bill Clinton era. Okay. I was going to ask when this was. So yeah. the 90s. Yeah. And uh, not that Bill Clinton was against, you know, immigration, but sure. I, I'm just saying, like, that was when this was in the 94. Yeah. My mom found a guy who said, if you come with me across the country and pay for my living expenses while I get through dental school. I'll marry you afterwards. She went for a year, wanted to get out. And I found this all out afterwards. She went for a year and wanted to get out, but was blackmailed into staying because he threatened to report her to the INS and she had no resources. So she stayed with him. In the meantime, I was raised by my grandmother who was a kitchen helper in government housing for seniors and so I lived kind of like Anne Frank, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. And then I hit puberty and I'm gay. <laughs> so there's that. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, and they're all like Christian or whatever. And so <laughs> all that shit went down. I did find a way to maneuver pretty well in high school. I was prom queen by the end. Okay. So, so like you were embraced by like the high school community? I was. That's this a, was a 2003. That. Wow. That's yeah. really cool. Okay. Fun. Yeah. That's re- so wait. So did your grandmother move with you? Like no, when you she guys was first here moved? Oh, she was already here. Okay. So then you lived. Where did your mom meet this guy? Do you know? She this met time? him when she came here. He lived in San Francisco yeah. for like a year or two uh, before she, he went to uh, the dental school in Boston. Yeah. In Boston. And then mm-hmm. somehow just met her and propositioned this thing. This is crazy. Well, they were dating for like a year. Oh, they were. Okay. Yeah. okay. At first, they were <laughs> okay. a good guy. He was a good guy. I see. And then he turned into... And as soon as he graduated, dumped her. Wow. Like, as soon as, like, a week after he graduated, dumped her. Now, wait. Did you say that the deal was that she was going to pay for his schooling and stuff? She paid for his living. He was on scholarship because wow. he was in the army. Yeah. So I, he basically he's just such a her. He's such a dick. Holy he's shit. He's such a terrible man. We don't, we don't have to... I, I just didn't want to quite gloss over it because this sounded fat. I mean, just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I will destroy ways. him. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Do you know uh-huh. where he, do you, do you I know, know his is? Korean name and his American name. <laughs> and I will... I can do a search and destroy him, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Fine. I'd rather drop it. Okay. No. <laughs> Boy, that would be an interesting. Uh, so then, okay, so I then. get out of high school. I, I score like what thirteen forty on SATs. Okay, d- okay, great yeah. score. Yeah, I get like a three eight on my school. Mm-hmm. I get into pretty much all the UCs. Yeah, then can't go because I was undocumented. And if you're undocumented back then, there are no protections for you. So I was 
it was go to school for three hundred thousand dollars a year or two hundred something crazy and take out loans or or I, I was I don't know if I qualified for a little so I couldn't right. do that yeah and so for a year and I was into theater so like I like did work exchange for the ballet and and uh, the Lions Ballet of San Francisco and I oh, did wow. um work exchange for American Conservatory Theater yeah and uh, you know I did theater training in that way mm-hmm. um until. I got my green card when I was uh-huh. like 19 and oh my God. In the meantime, there was this, oh my God, there was this Republican city councilman okay. who's super Catholic in yeah. San Francisco uh. who was like up my ass. Literally. Really? Um, <laughs> 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 He's like voting against all the issues, but he was like, Ooh, baby. <laughs> Ooh, baby. <laughs> I like what I see, but I'm not going to give you any rights. <laughs> Oh, oh I think wow. He's still active. Really? Yeah, he does a lot of good <laughs> as well. So we'll just leave it. But you Even's know, out. Yeah. but you know, I mean, I mean, the biggest dick ever. But I mean, I mean, really, in both ways. I, you know, I was going to ask, literally or literally you know. and figuratively. He wasn't so much of a dick as I, you know, I get it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Sure. Anyway, so um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So I get out Miss mm-hmm. Saigon, nine production of Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Because you do theater. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you're Asian you're in it. You <laughs> it's got to be Miss Psycho. Yeah. So then that happens. And then, and then, so that's the background. Mm-hmm. And so I've never been in traditional education as far as like, you know, colleges. Yeah. But I've always had like people around me who wanted to support me in empowerment. Yeah. And so during this time, I was always involved in like empowerment uh, programs. Like, okay. Uh, the, have you heard of Landmark Forum? No. Okay, so I did Landmark Forum, which is like a self, you know, improvement thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Liberty Experience, I went through that program. I went to, uh, I, I have a certification in neurolinguistic programming. Now, what is that? Um, neurolinguistic programming is the concept that your subconscious languaging yeah. controls your world. And so there's a different, like, so, like, here's an example of what they might do. Like, yeah. they use hypnotic language patterns to mm-hmm. kind of access the subconscious and use visual hypnosis, visual um, accessing. Wow. Okay. And there's this one particular... The concept is like this. It's like, I'm lazy mm-hmm. versus... I can be lazy sometimes, but I'm getting better. Like, I am lazy is not self-identification. Mm-hmm. And if you identify as that then even without you knowing it, you are taking that on as your being and therefore you will defend it. Right. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like I am this. Mm -hmm. So then you do things that a lazy person would do or not do, I guess. Everything is like the world. We create the world with our languaging. Sure. And so we kind of have to figure out a way to lead the world in the direction that you would like by shifting your languaging yeah and so i've been trained in that i love it so much it's really interesting and then this and then my boyfriend dies Um, okay yeah (laughs) so that's that's so that's the story (laughs) so all of that was just like um an introduction and then um (laughs) yeah there's no clever segue into my boyfriend dies (laughs) yeah uh okay uh how long had you when did you meet him I met him uh, at the beginning of 2013. Okay. Was this in San Francisco? No, this was in LA. Or LA. Yeah. Okay. 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 I, uh, I'd been in comedy for about a year and a half at that point. Okay. I, I started at the beginning of 2012. 
So how did you go from dancing to comedy? I just got so bored. I was like, yeah. if I have to do another fucking production of Miss Saigon, I'm going <laughs> to fucking kill someone. And I have to sell toothpaste. And God fucking damn. I was just so angry. I had so much anger. Yeah. And so I started just doing stand-up. Yeah. Uh, I took a class. Uh-huh. And it was a great way for me. And I wasn't that good. I was like... Sure. Yeah. Mm, like... Middle of the pack at best. <laughs> Not great. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then, so about a year and a half, I meet this guy. Okay. And he it, and I just hit it off mm -hmm. right away. Yeah. And, um, and uh, he... Like, we hit it off right away, and he inspires me to continue to do stand. I was going to quit. I was going to be like, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, baby, like, I see you, and I think you got something. Yeah. No, you're it. not that funny yet, but I think <laughs> <laughs> you got but it's something. There. Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, keep going, baby, you know? Yeah. And so I do, mm -hmm. and we start working together. Like, I had just left a relationship with kind of like a wealthy guy. Okay. Uh, not wealthy, but he was uh, well off. We had a beautiful house on a hill with the fucking view of the city. Sure. And I moved in with this guy, or I moved him into my apartment rather. Yeah. In the ghetto. And it was the best time. It was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. Because I moved in with him and it was like, we start. Okay. So I had a day job making bubbles at children's parties. <laughs> How does one make bubbles? Oh, I put you... Okay, so there's a kiddie pool. <laughs> yeah. I put a little bucket in the middle. I have you step in, and then I put a hula hoop down, and they lift the hula hoop up, and so you're encased by bubbles. I got it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So, so, so you're doing that, making I bubbles. I did that, and then I, I expanded <laughs> that company to the bay, and we took the, the territory, and we're, we're in charge of the territory. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I did political consulting work, which is organizing people to collect signatures for various causes. Yeah. And... Um, the stand-up comedy and he starts like a like um like he starts pitching me for bit so we were like side by we worked together all the time for like five years and was he doing comedy too no what was his, what was his no what was he, he worked doing? with me oh so he worked okay yeah because okay. at the time he was a very successful uh real estate man yeah 08 crashed right and then had a heart attack in 2010. Oh, wow. And by the, by the time I met him, he was like trying to still figure out, he was like, what do I do? Yeah. And so we came together. It sounds like at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, he didn't come, it's, people thought he was, he's 20 years older, so people thought that he was my sugar daddy. Sure. So not the case. Right. So we <laughs> yeah. came together and we worked together to build a life of, yeah. of all these wonderful things and, and uh, like just, had so much fun. Mm -hmm. uh, once a month, we would take time off and go away into Joshua Tree and get fucking high and just have <laughs> sex. Uh, it was the best thing ever. Outdoor um, sex can be fun. Oh, my God. Outdoor, <laughs> indoor, up and down the road. I don't know. In the car, wherever, wherever. We've been there. Sorry, Joshua Tree. Just, you know, just rub your hand on the floor. You might catch us. I don't know. Like, what? You know? Did so you do it on the tree? <laughs> <laughs> on the Joshua tree? The Joshua oh, yeah. Tree. And then we spent three hours removing the thorns <laughs> from the, the Joshua tree. <laughs> so he was the best. He was the best. Yeah. And we had the, the best time. Um, 
and uh, uh, so we had built our. This was actually thanks to neurolinguistic programming, really, because he came in with not a lot of necessarily money up front, right? Right, yeah. And I was doing comedy, and in comedy. You're a comedian. Yes. So this is, there's a, a narrative. <laughs> there's a narrative. <laughs> right. That's like, I'm poor yeah. because I'm a comic. Yes. I'm single because I'm a comic. Right. I'm whatever <laughs> undesirable result. I'm fucked up. <laughs> My life comic. is in the dumpster because I'm, because a, I'm comic. a comic. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're blaming the comedy world because that's what everybody's doing. But really your life is a dumpster fire because it's a dumpster fire. Right. I'm Not, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so, very true. I started being like, nah, I'll tell you what my truth is going to be. I'm going to have a relationship and have money mm -hmm. and be happy and be a comic. Yes. So fuck you all. <laughs> and so how long had you been together at that point? I'd been together with him for uh, five years. Five years. Yeah. Okay. And he moved in immediately. So we've been living together five years and touring. We would do the political consult. This is how our lives would work. Yeah. We would make our own schedule completely. Yeah my Bay Area bubbles would be popping. So what we would do is, <laughs> pop, literally, <laughs> so we would start in LA, head up Fresno, and do political organizing because it was statewide and we could work anywhere. Right. We would political organize and Fresno together. He would do the paperwork. I would do the managing of people. Uh -huh. At night, I would do stand-up while he was doing paperwork. We would hit up San Francisco, train three new bubble employees while we were political organizing. And at night, I would do comedy and then drive back. To it was like, so everything we were doing was like intertwined. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. And like growing together, moving up together. And then, you know, after touring like that mm -hmm. we would take a day off and go to joshua tree and fuck and yeah then, you know lots of fucking and then get back to it wonderful <laughs> it was the best now how did you get into political consulting um i met i met my friend um Gianna. okay she's like my best friend mm -hmm. uh, and she's a character yeah she's just like does not give a fuck sure. like she I mean, she's not a comic. Yeah. She just does not give a... She just... I mean, she does not give a fuck more than anybody I've ever met, comics included. Yeah. Just does not care. She's like, ah, oh, hey. Like, and I was like, what is this girl's deal? <laughs> and it turns out she started as a petitioner. Okay. And then she started working as head petitioner, gathering people. And the official title for that, like, as, like, a head petitioner is political consultant. Oh, yeah. okay. And okay. so they like gather people to go out and collect signatures. Mm -hmm. And that takes, that's the best thing I've ever fallen into. Yeah. But I introduced that to everybody, mm -hmm. everybody, mm -hmm. and no one can follow through with it. <laughs> because now, why not? Is it a lot of work? It's hard. I would imagine it's hard to get signatures. People say no. Yeah. They give you dirty looks. But I'm like, I don't give a fuck, bitch. I'm making a grand <laughs> day at that. I'm like, I don't care. Like, you can... I've, I've been told to go back to China. I've been told <sighs> that I, I'm going to hell. I've been go, I've been to, and I'm like, ha ha. Like, I, you know, I'm going to be at penny slots later with the money I earned today. Right. So who's winning? <laughs> ha ha. The casino. <laughs> <laughs> the real winner of all of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That's okay. So you, yeah, you guys had your hands in a lot of different areas. Yeah. That's really interesting. And it worked for us. Yeah. 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 Until it didn't. I guess. Until it didn't. So, so he yeah, got okay. diagnosed with cancer in March of uh, 2019. It's shitty stories, right? So yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and it was a time, you guys. So yeah. what happened was, and, and I'm so grateful for all the training that I had for yeah. um, in the past. Mm -hmm. Because without that, I would have been gone. 
this is the kind of shit that went down. I would get, uh, he, he was diagnosed in cancer March. He would be bounced around from hospital. He would be like, oh, we need a biopsy. Okay, biopsy. And then two weeks later, they're like, oh, we'll get you an appointment with the specialist. Mm-hmm. Oh, or with like a surgeon to get rid of, the, to, to, to remove the, the what, whatever the biopsy. Or, oh, yeah. Uh, so that we can do a thorough biopsy. We would go to the person and they'd be like, oh, we need a specialist to approve this. Two weeks later, a specialist. And in the meantime, he's getting worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. What kind of cancer was it? We don't even know it had mutated so far. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was March. Okay. Um, just so like it was so maddening. Like I, w- I lived in the hospital. Mm. Uh, and I remember. I mean, I was on the verge of suicide. I was, I was, I was thinking about killing myself. Sure. And and the thing, like, it was just so hard. And yeah. what was the hardest? The hardest day was April fifth is my birthday, and I actually spent that in the hospital with him, and they had drugged him up so much on Vicodin because he was in so much pain that he woke up and started talking nonsense. Mm-hmm. And so the nurse came in, and her name was Ethel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was like, she was like, "Hi, Michael." what's my name? And he goes, <laughs> she was like, and he goes, who am I? Who am I? Right. And he goes, you're Lucy's friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and I was like, oh, Michael, cause he's an old guy. Lucy. Yeah. yeah. I love Lucy. Yeah. And then she was like, who is he? Points to me. And he says, that's Aiden. And Aiden, I just want to tell you, I'm so sorry, honey. It's your birthday. And you're in the hospital with me. And next year, after I get better, you get two birthdays. I promise. I promise. Yeah. And it just moved me that, like, somebody who was that sick would, like, think about me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And uh, so the next day, I was like, well, fuck. I might just fucking. And then I was just, like, looking. I was looking up, like, air tanks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, well. This one's eighty dollars at one hundred ten dollars. You guys, how cheap am I that I'm thinking about committing suicide? And I'm like, but the interest rates. <laughs> yeah. But then I decided, like, I'm not gonna. I mean, do you how how bad do you want me to get? Like with the story, like, yeah. It's like my mom calls. Yeah. And she, and she was like, I know you're in pain, but you know what, like. Uh. My your grandmother passed away, and I stayed alive for you. That's what mm-hmm. she said to me. So you got to stay alive. And I said to her, "Well, then why don't you kill yourself? Because I would be staying alive for you mm-hmm. after Michael goes, and I really don't have any other reason. So if you're staying alive for me, and you don't want to be here, and I don't want staying alive for you, and I don't want to be here, then why don't we just both kill ourselves, and we can call it the end? Mm-hmm. We don't need to be going ourselves through this. Mm-hmm. And that scared the shit out of her. And I mm-hmm. saw the effect of it on her, and I was like." okay, well, this is not a viable thing. No. I don't really want to... <laughs> I don't think, you know... <laughs> sure. It's, yeah. it's really... And then, like, I started thinking about, like, how, like, it has a ripple effect on, like, how disturbing it is. And Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be here. Even if Michael dies. And if I'm going to be here, I sure as hell am not going to be miserable. Because fuck that. Like, I'm just not, I'm not going to live miserable day to day. I'm just fucking not going to do it. I mm. refuse. Because like, that's miserable. I don't want to do that. Right. Like, and it's a, ch- it's, it's, it can be a choice. Uh, yeah, definitely. And it's just exhausting. It's, I mean, to- who wants to live like, <sighs> yeah. and then more hell, like doing things like 
The nurses can't strap him down. He keeps ripping out his IVs. Oh, yeah. And then can't hold him down for legal reasons. So I have to hold him down while he's writhing in pain because the doctors have prescribed a certain amount of Oxycontin mm-hmm. and he can't get more. Right? Mm-hmm. Like shit like that. Mm-hmm. Conversations that I need to have with them like, hey, they say that you have a 5% chance of survival. Do you want to continue on this or do you want to just be kept comfortable? We can up your dosage, but that'll kill you faster. Like, You, you, you had to have that conversation? Yeah, man. It was like... Ugh. What did he say? He was so out of it, he couldn't even answer. He was yeah. like, uh, I think... Uh, and then he was like, I think I just want to go. And just so I talked to him. And then he, later on, he'd be like, that wasn't right. That isn't right. I need to fight this. I need, can't. I, that doesn't feel right, baby. And so we did that. And then plugging his, his lungs are filling with fluid. So plugging, uh, tapping his lungs and, and re- removing the fluid. And there's like gallons of fluid from his lungs. Yeah. It was just the most. <clears throat> and he doesn't have family. Mm. I don't really have family. Right. So we're not surrounded by family. I mean, I have two friends or I have like four, four or five friends who actually came by and really supported me through this process. And uh, then the shit even got worse because what? so it's one thing to have your partner there and they're sick. I was driving past USC the other day and I was like, oh, I remember the good old days when he was in the hospital alive. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he's not here anymore. Right. And so I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? And I was thinking about like, okay, man, like, what do you do? (laughs) What what, what am I going to do? And after that, I have a dog and he promised me, he promised, he made me promise to take care of the dog. I sent you the photo of the dog. Yeah. I can't take care of the dog. I'm out 14 hours a day. I'm still running those businesses except on my own now. Right. So I'm like out 14 hours. I can't. I can't. Mm -hmm. And so I have to give the dog away. So I drove to Colorado uh, because I just felt like he wouldn't be happy with me giving the dog to anybody. So I wanted the dog to go to like a home. And there's this wonderful girl over there. I did the Colorado Pride Festival. Mm -hmm. And they... Uh, have this girl who owns a ranch. So she fucking, uh, we love her. Her name is yeah. Brooke, owns a ranch. How wonderful. Yeah. But I take the dog there, man. And the dog is petrified at first. Yeah. They're kennel training him. You know, he's going to be in a pack. Now he's happier than ever. More happy than I could have ever made him. Mm-hmm. But at first, watching him go, oh, daddy, what's fucking happening? <sighs> and like, I have mental breakdown and then coming in to my home and cleaning his shit, dumping all everything, finding love notes that he wrote me yeah. as I'm cleaning. It's like, and then moving. That from was my the dog lo- that wrote you the love notes? Uh, yeah, that's right. The bitch. He's <laughs> 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 like, love, paw. <laughs> No, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Emptying out all the stuff. Yeah, I mean, that must be the hard. I mean, it was I so know. bad. So many hardest parts, but you know, yeah. I mean. Oh, and the funeral. Mm-hmm. So we loved being trashy. We enjoyed the trash. We loved going to the Motel 6 and saying they're just, we loved going to like, we loved it all. Like Marshalls, like just got to kick. Sure. I love, you know, I love just cheap living. It was a kick out of it. Yeah. And he and I had that in common. 
And so it was our thing to go to every single hometown buffet we could. If there was one in town, we would go. And so his funeral that I held was at the hometown buffet. Oh, <laughs> that's so awesome. That is so awesome. I invited like 15 friends. <laughs> and we ate cornbread and fried chicken and just had such a great time at the hometown buffet. It was it was amazing. I mean. And were you able to make it more of a celebration than uh yeah he's I mean, not it's so hard but yeah know. he'd be like moving on like yeah, he, he's yeah. not he had that old man voice come on you know? <laughs> <laughs> like he wouldn't want me to dwell he hated dwellers mm -hmm. and he hated excuses it was just like come on baby come on yeah, yeah. like you know yeah like, yeah all right all right let's get on with it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's yeah. very east coast sure yeah um yeah and uh yeah so that happened yeah uh, and how old were you when he passed away? A year ago. Oh, so this was God. This yeah. was a year ago. Yeah, thirty-three. I'm thirty-four now. So I mean, and I don't, I don't want to dwell on this or anything, but it's just in your head before this diagnosis. I met. Did you think that you sort of found your person, like just? Yeah, for I would life? have stayed with him forever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and actually, I was concerned. That I'd be like, baby, when I'm 70 and you're 90, if you die, then I'm left alone. What am I going to do? Mm -hmm. He'd be like, baby, I'm going to live as long as I can and be as healthy as long as I can for you. Mm -hmm. well, we all know how that turned out. You know what I mean? Right. And that's I guess that's what I'm getting at is that like, yeah, with the age difference, you're already aware that like, OK, that will most likely happen. But it's something that like in the moment you're like, oh, that's I thought it was 50 years from now yeah. or, you know, whatever. And so like. It must have, I mean, how long did it take to, I mean, are you, I imagine you're still kind of process, or, you know, how long did it take to kind of move past it? I'm not past it. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. I mean, I'm not, I haven't been perfect in my, uh, in my moving forward. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm like, I, I, so what's been happening is, like after he died, I first tried to be like, okay, well, I'm going to try to um, get more money or get, get more like, or whatever, like get chase something. Right. It's a goal yeah. of something that can distract you. And you it know. doesn't work. Right. When you have that kind of trauma, it does not work. Right. Um, you know what does work? Mm. <laughs> I found three things that worked. One of them is, uh, Oh, one of them is actually um, turning into yourself, uh, finding unconditional love for yourself and actually feeling like, like you have some control over your thoughts. Like, mm -hmm. okay, like I got in a car accident two weeks ago okay, and someone hit and run on my car and I could sit and be angry about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was like a 90, 89 Mazda. <laughs> And so I could get angry about sure. it and I could still be angry. Two weeks is not a reasonable amount of time for someone to be angry about a situation like that. Yeah. But you know what? Like through your, if you focus, you can be like, you know what? That person probably, my deductible is a thousand dollars. That probably person probably needed the thousand dollars a little more and it could have meant more for them. Like they might have family or so it might've more. And I, at least I'm able to take care of myself and, and uh, get this car taken care of and Geico people were so con it was so convenient. And, you know, I, I, it, it, it means I'm independent. 
and solvent and mm -hmm. great. Good for you, Aiden, for being like, so I could go that route or right. I could go fuck that guy, fuck the universe, fuck the world, blah, blah, blah. But either way you have to manage it. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather look at it. If I have the choice to look at it in a way that's going to fortify me, not make me just get caught up in anger because righteous anger feels good. Yes. But it's such a dangerous seductress because yeah. you can get into that and you're like, yeah, I'm better than everybody because I deserve to be angry. Mm -hmm. And then you go and then you start just dealing with the world in that way. Right. And you get back what you reflect and then you start feeling like a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're it's in that, when you're in that mindset, it's you against the world. So everything, you just view every slight against you is yeah. this grand fucking the whole world is against me thing right yeah so that's one way of ha finding happiness mm -hmm. the other way is lots of alcohol and drugs and anonymous sex so <laughs> <laughs> i'm honest man yeah I know, and i really I appreciate that yeah i mean you got to deal with it somehow you know <laughs> so so um <laughs> I fuck a lot of guys. Sure. I fuck a lot. I remember, man, I was driving down from Washington State after a political campaign that I took for, and I met a guy who gave me GHB, oh, that was nice of which I took <laughs> voluntarily. You know what that is, right? Uh, That's yeah. the date rape drug. Yeah. And I took... You took it voluntarily? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, of course well, I did. Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah. I'm six foot two. <laughs> Nobody, come on, like, he couldn't lug me home if it fell asleep on him. Do you see what I'm saying? Unless they had a wheelbarrow, you know? So, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I fucked this guy, and the uh -huh. next day, I'm so sick, and I'm in the middle of this rural Washington gas station, just puking, puking, and this guy comes up to me, and he goes, hey, can I pray for you? And I was like, Sure, thinking, you know, Facebook, like, uh -huh, I'll pray for you. Uh -huh, best wishes. Uh -huh. You know, those people. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. In Washington, they're mean business. He put his hand on my back and the other hand to this guy and said, Lord, help this man. <laughs> and there were like 12 white people who just ran to the site, started staring at me. And I look up and I see white people, cows, grass, <laughs> and like Chevys and Fords. And I'm like, oh, this is purgatory. This is what happens. And I'm like... Okay. <laughs> Were the prayers answered? <laughs> well, luckily, I, I puked and I puked and I puked, uh, and an ambulance was called, and they, they gave me um, hydration. Oh. And they also um, gave me sugar. Mm, slightly more effective than the prayers, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what, though? I have to say, I appreciated the prayer. Oh, of course. Well, yeah. For I mean, that yeah, man, not, yeah. at that time, hey. That was the best that he thought he could offer. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was some ego involved, but what action doesn't have some yeah, ego exactly. involved? Yeah, exactly. I mean, at that at this point, I think no. pretty much everything we do, there's a little bit of that. You Again, know? Okay. there's a way to look. Yeah. Again, people could easily be like, fuck that guy trying to impose his religion on you. Right. You can go that route. Or right. you can be like, hey, for that time, he wanted to exhibit some care and this was the best that he knew how to do at the time. And that's what he felt he had best to offer. So he went that route. 
I'll look at it that way just yeah. because it's easier for my life. Well, sure. Exactly. Just you know? think that the guy may, may, and you, you made me laugh and the 12 white people show up. That almost, we were talking about musicals earlier. I was expecting them to break out into a song and dance. And yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> they just show old up. Old man there. river. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, not a black one in sight. Seriously. I mean, it was so bad. Okay. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, I haven't been perfect about it. Um, well, what, well I, I, I don't know how one would be perfect in that situation. Well, you know. But I like to talk about it openly. No, and I think that's great. Sorry, I, I cut you off. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Um, it's, so this is, so it's always around that time where I was like, okay, well, I have the neuro-linguistic program. I did a, did a lot of NLP during this time. I also got into a relationship I shouldn't have with this character who just got divorced from his wife and he's bisexual and just doesn't know what he wants so oh god it's just but whatever i mean he's a very very nice man he baked brownies for me so uh, you know i mean i don't know whatever so anyway <laughs> were they good brownies? on camera there was a look there that was like, <laughs> <laughs> were the brownies good those were great brownies nice he's a nice guy he's i wish him the best not for me, ultimately. Right. Well, it seems like, yeah, I mean, we don't, but it seems like with all the shit you're dealing with, the last thing you need is somebody who isn't sure what they want in their life. They just got divorced. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's, and I've talked with enough people who, when they're in a situation, not identical to yours, but you know, when you're, when you're just a lot of pain and, and uh, you somehow latch, you find yourself latching on to just situations that are not going to end well. Well, this is what my, Okay, I live in LA, so yeah. as soon as my boyfriend died, mm -hmm. I got like a hundred phone calls, like because I made the announcement, whatever. And of course, two of them were like, "I'm gonna buy you a psychic session," <laughs> and I'm like, "Sure, yeah, why not? Oh, oh fuck it!" <laughs> and so I talked to the medium, uh huh, um, and she was like, "Oh, you know," and actually, one of them I really felt close to, mm -hmm. and so I still talk to her sometimes. Sure, and she was like. And this, I believe, actually. She was like, because the way we met was like weird. It was like weirdly serendipitous. Mm -hmm. We don't need to get into it, but it was like we were going to meet online. But then like it's just, a lot of things had to line up in order for that to all work out. Yeah. And um, he was who I needed at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and she was like, at the time of Michael's departure, you were more vulnerable than you needed. And you had always been in relationships. Because I was in an eight-year before Michael's five-year. Oh, okay. And you were always been in relationships. First time being single. And with a death, you were too vulnerable. So the, the universe wanted you to have somebody there. But also, you were very wobbly and very unstable. So we had to match you with somebody who was also at that vibration. So you can get stable for that time. So you can move forward. Mm. However, mm -hmm. like... Because if you match to like a, a really solid guy when you're in that state, it doesn't work no, anyway. No. So that's why you match with people who are that's in your similar. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. That makes sense. So, but then. So it was around this time. Uh, when did the advice start? Around this time. Okay. I was driving to Seattle because I, I, I just had to take a political consulting job. Mm -hmm. And on my way up there. I was thinking about these doctors and nurses and they do really important work. Yeah. And I was like, I'm doing stand-up comedy. What am I really providing? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know, like I could use, I want to provide some kind of positive 
or some kind of I want I want to contribute something. Yeah. So then when I get back into town, I start thinking, okay, well, how can I be more positive? And also like the more you kind of are putting that out, the more you get back of that same energy, the more you end up giving out and the and then your life becomes you know. Yeah. I I think social media is a great thing because mm-hmm. if you look at it and anything in any way, like people could be like, oh, like social media is so annoying and it becomes about self-involvement. Actually, you know what? Like me telling going on Instagram story actually makes me feel like, hey, I actually do want to be my best self as much as possible so that I can be honest in these stories so that yeah. I can feel good about my life. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of guides you and then you get encouragement if you put out a certain kind of if if you put out hate speech you'll get angry hate speech back oh yeah but if you put out things like hey hey guys like here are some ways to feel positive and and take care of you you'll get hey aiden i hope you're well take care of yourself back i don't hardly ever get negative messages ever nobody ever and i'm like what 20 something thousand followers yeah my followers do not hate on each other. They don't fight. It's like you attract exactly what you put out. And it's a great yeah. way to enforce, reinforce that kind of level of energy for it's been a great tool for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I can see I can see why, because you're right. Yeah, when you put that energy out there, it'll come back to you. Yeah. And I think the people that and I've been guilty of it, just assuming just like Twitter is just like a ugh, like that's your reaction to it. But it's just if all you're doing is mindless shouting at each other and you're not listening, mm. of course it's going to be a terrible, awful thing. Mm. But if you, I'm just reiterating what you said. But no, yeah, no, no, it's, it's a great true. thing. I mean, it, it it can be whatever you want it to. Anything be. Anything can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you can complain about anything. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So. And I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I try to keep it in check. You know. But you know, I mean. <laughs> You know, but not to say that I've been perfect. I mean, the drinking and the sure and the you know connecting with that guy, you know, on a lot of substances and mm-hmm. and it's just not it wasn't the best, right? But also fortifying my it, it, it was a double kind of you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's been an interesting so so I decided to do more of that as a way of self help, but then I started creating a brand of content around that, like the what to do show, because like I do have the, the, the training and the backup to kind of like, and that along with what I found as far as unconditional focus of thought, unconditional mm-hmm. love and the focus of thought in that direction mm-hmm. and kind of leaning in a way that's like, ah, oh, you can choose. Like, I mean, I could have easily gone to, if, if you get hit by a car, you can, people do go to, I'm such a piece of shit. This happens to me all the time. I'm a worthless piece of shit. And right. then you can go down the, I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. Or you can go down the, I can take care of this. I'm proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. even if you have to ask your parents for help, you could go with, I'm such a fucking loser. I have to ask my parents for help. Or, oh, it's so wonderful. How lucky am I to have parents that really believe in me that do this? Right. Like there's two ways of looking at any situation and so constantly making the choice to look at one direction to fortify your own self-worth is the way to happiness. That is it. Mm-hmm. And going with your instincts and not turning your back for what society expects. So really aligning with yourself and making sure that you are fortified in your strength and your worthiness. 
That's the key to happiness. That's it. That's the only thing that works. That and alcohol and a lot of sex. But I don't recommend it. <laughs> uh, along those lines, have you found that you've given advice to someone um, on one of your videos that you think, oh, I need to take this advice too? Oh, yeah. Of course. All the time. I would imagine. All the time. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I of course. Think. Are there times where you're like, I'm not doing the thing I'm suggesting they of do? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's only natural, yeah. you know? I say, like, don't struggle. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's easy to... It's so easy to do this as people who live in this high-tech world. Mm -hmm. We're smart people right now. Mm -hmm. We're pretty smart, adept at reasoning. The catch-22 about being smart is that you can reason yourself into anything right. and make exceptions to the rule. So I, my advice to people is, hey, if your instincts tell you something, that's God talking to you. So don't turn your back on your instincts and try to make something, will something to work. I struggled for like five months with this Joe character. Mm -hmm. Back and forth and back and forth Fucking and Joe. back and forth. And Joe, goddamn Joe, I'm gonna punch you in the fucking face. I see him right now. He's also white. Yeah, yeah. You know, my the bubble boss is also named Joe. Yeah. So yeah, I have a lot of. But I love that guy. That guy's great. He's oh, French. He's nice. like, oh, hey, done. You got to make bubbles. Got a bubble Joe. <laughs> bubble Joe. <laughs> I love him. Um, he's the best boss ever. Yeah. Oh my god! I better cut that up and send it to him. I'm not just kissing his ass. He really is the greatest. Like, like I, I said to him, "Hey man, you want to expand to the Bay Area?" When I was uh, in 2013, mm -hmm. and he was like, "If you want to take charge, Aiden, you can do it." And then you know we'll work out. And he's been so supportive and just best guy. Oh, that's, so, that's Bubble good. Mania. I recommend it to everybody. It's a great show. Um, what are we talking about? Joe. Oh, five, yeah. That yeah, show five, was five. also not that bad, but it was just. So, I mean, it's easy to be like, yeah, but I am. Like, there is something to be said for getting messy, though. Mm -hmm. Because, again, I could, I could, I did, did something with Joe, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, I'm not listening to my own advice. I'm such a piece of shit. I could go there. Right. Or I could go, hey, Aiden, you did the best that you could at the time. And I'm proud of you for really going out into the field and playing the game of life wholeheartedly and not holding yourself back. And so good on you. I'm proud of you for learning this through your own experiences. And hey, you've learned a lot and there'll be better to come. Like I can go one, I'm going to choose to go the one direction right? because it's happened. You have a choice. Mm-hmm. And that's how you find happiness and worthiness. Well, so maybe you just answered it, but yeah. So where are you at now with all of this, with the, you know, dealing with it, the drinking and the fucking and the, you know, I like Dick. <laughs> <laughs> dick is good. Yes. Uh, no, no. I mean, and then, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm doing good. Yeah. I mean, occasionally I'll like want to, you know, but like, it's about, I feel like this. I, I do believe in the whole, because I'm from LA after all, I do believe in the whole manifesting thing in terms of 
whatever you put out, you'll get back. Mm-hmm. So if I put out, hey, I'm going to get drunk tonight and, and fuck this random dude, and it takes me two days to recover, I lose three days. Mm-hmm. And in those three days, my mind doesn't have enough sufficient energy to kind of make... You have focus of thought, which is only available to you when you're with it. If mm-hmm. you're not with it, then you don't have focus of thought. You just kind of go where the wind blows. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're in a weakened state and you get into a car accident, you don't necessarily have the energy or the strength or the forethought to be like, okay, I have a, I have a choice here in the way I'm going to think. Great, I'm going to go this way. If you're chemically already leaning low energy and something bad happens, much easier to go down the rabbit hole of my life sucks, I suck. Then it takes you how many days to get out of that cycle because there's momentum also. So you can go have a bunch of momentum in that way. I know that sounds very strange. No, I don't know. I think it's just the way world works. Definitely. So the more you can choose things that is going to, that you know is going to fortify your strength, the universe will meet you halfway. Like, for example, I went to, you know, church, church, look, church, like I go to, what is it called? The, the center for spiritual living. Right. Okay. And that's like a non-denominational, whatever it is, spirituality or whatever, like just gets you closer to yourself, I think. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. Even if you're Baptist, look, my grandmother was a Baptist woman. She had a heart of gold. So even though I personally had had struggles with the Baptist point of view uh, around the gay thing, it brought her a lot of comfort and safety. And some people need something to hold on to anything outside of themselves that may necessarily not agree, but it it agree with with the way I want to live, but I don't want to condemn that whole thing. It, Mm -hmm. It brought her a lot of strength. You know, right. she's a single 83-year-old woman living by herself who found spirituality by listening to these Baptist tapes at 6 o'clock in the morning, which drive me crazy. <laughs> like every morning, 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock, she would listen to a sermon on CD, and then she would get on the phone from 10 to 12 and talk to her friend about God. Mm-hmm. And then she would do another meeting from 1 to 3, and then she would get on a bus to Pachanga Casino and then blow <laughs> so much money. <laughs> And then she would come home and repeat. <laughs> but it made her life so wonderful. She she was so happy. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. And ultimately. when my mom moved in for, you know, when she was sick, like when I, oh, by the t- this time I was long gone, my mom moved in with her and they would do this together. <laughs> and grandma, I, I love my grandma. Mm. I mean, she really is such a wonderful generous woman you know and she deserved this and near the end of her life she was like how can somebody be so happy how can i be so happy what did i do to get such a happy life you know where she would go to church and then go and gamble right and (laughs) good for her (laughs) she played she she didn't lose a lot of money she played with like 40 dollars a day and would play penny slots and uh um what did i do to be so happy. What did I do to deserve this amount of happiness? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm so happy for her because what did she have really? She had no money. She didn't have a man. She had my mom and her faith. 
and forty dollars a day. <laughs> yeah. And so I mean, wow, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I think spirituality, making the choice whenever you can to fortify your strength. Whenever you lean in that direction, I believe that the universe will meet you the other halfway. Because that's been my experience. Every time I've been like, nope, not going to do that. I'm going to focus on this. Like some good career thing happens or something, somebody appears that was gone that makes me feel like I'm happy to be alive in a different way. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds so weird. but No, it uh, doesn't. Okay. <laughs> it, it really doesn't. Okay. Um, so that's my point of view on everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very good, that's a healthy point of view to have. You know, it's the it only is. point it's... of view that will allow for my survival. Yes. <laughs> um, at this point. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Because nothing works. Right. Nothing. And grandma went through a similar experience. My grandfather beat her all the time. Mm -hmm. Just beat her. Um, she was an abused wife. And um, for a year, up in, into her 50s, very wealthy. My mom grew up so wealthy. She was a movie star in Korea. Your mom? Uh, yeah, uh, in the set in the seventies, but she developed like um, a, a disease uh, that made her gain a bunch of weight, and so she stopped working. And my grandmother, my my um, grandfather, was in some kind of Korean mafia mm. and gambled away. This was all before I was born. Gambled away or, or lost all his money. Mm. He was a badass man. When he was like young, he would. He was nine years old and his family beat him. So he didn't like it. So he walked from South Korea around the top of North Korea to China, mined for gold with the pack of thieves and then walked back by the time he was 11. Holy shit. Yeah. Walked. And I'm like, uh -huh, she didn't like my Instagram post. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, he had his own reasons. And I also like to look at him like, Hey man, like, yeah, he beat my grandma. But, and she, not that I'm condoning beating, but like, you know, I have to take the stance that everybody does the best that they can. Mm. Because if I can't do that for everybody, then I can't do that for myself, really. Because who's our own harshest critic? Like, I hold myself harsher than I probably would judge anybody else, right? Oh, you and me both, yeah. So if I take that stance for everybody else, then it allows an opening for me to take that stance with me. Mm -hmm. So even if I fuck up, even if I go hook up with the guy maybe I shouldn't have even if I do say something that I didn't mean like I need to be able to have the space to be like hey Aiden that's not who you are really uh and everybody makes mistakes hey that's all right you're you know be the parent. right yeah so my grandmother lost um her home <laughs> like uh they lived in like this like three floor home very fancy yeah and it got washed away and grandmother said, like, everything got washed, like, everything happened at once. Like, rain, flood, home, loss of money. And she said, I remember sitting on top of my roof going, can somebody help me? Can something, can somebody do something for me? Because whatever I'm doing is, and that's when she found, because she was not a Christian Religious, before then. Yeah. And then she at some point you're like, Oh, nothing works. <laughs> yeah. Everybody hits that point. Right. Yeah. And like you say, yeah, you just need to latch onto something, you know, and if it works for you, then yeah. So, well, thank you. Uh, I did have 
Sorry, wasn't that funny. I don't uh, think it was I, funny. I'd never worry about that. Ah! I really, I don't think no, you were great. Ah! No, I mean, yeah, this, it'd be weird if this was just like hit, hitting a joke every 30 yeah. seconds. But ah! I will say my yeah. favorite joke that yeah. I say about Michael is like, you guys, my boyfriend passed away. It's like I literally got ghosted. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And then some, you know, oh, some right. uh, social justice warrior says, that's not funny. And I'm like, screw you. That's not funny because my boyfriend would have thought that was funny. And it happened he to me, me, not you. Yeah. Social media warrior. So just because you have an social NPR justice. tote bag, asshole. <laughs> like, well, I was going to ask if you talk about Michael in your set. Oh, yeah, if totally. You, how long after he passed did, did it end up in your. Immediately. Yeah. Just to, is a coping, right? I mean, well, just to, I actually and you dealt with it. Uh, feel very felt very strongly because mm. I was so in love with him, and we did everything together that he made up like twenty minutes from my set. And and while he was dying, I actually was crying, and I said to him, Michael, you can't die on me because I wasn't looking for any reason. I was like, Michael, you can't die on me because half my material is about you, so I'm gonna go from <laughs> headliner to feature. <laughs> What am I going to do? <laughs> but, but here you are. <laughs> Still headline. Like, Fuck you. Dead or alive, I'm talking about you, asshole. And so... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just curious. So when he was in the hospital, since he didn't have any family and you guys weren't married, right? I mean, was that a real... How did you navigate? Like, was there stuff where oh, only family can no, sign no, this or any of that no. kind of shit? Like, Not you were in able to. Okay, yeah. that's good. And it was great because they wanted to like dick him around. Like, they were like, "Your insurance doesn't cover," you know. Yeah. And we were like, "Bill him." <laughs> At some point, we were like, "They were like, we want to move you to uh, Riverside Hospital from USC," and I was like, "You're not moving him from here to Riverside." <laughs> and they were like, "What do you want?" They were like, "But we're not." He's not authorized. And I was like, bill him. Bill him. Fucking bitch. <laughs> that woman. I remember that woman. She was like fucking dying. And I was like, I, you can't move him. And he was like, do not talk to me that way. Go like, oh, fuck yourself. If I ever see her, I'll fucking slap her. No, I won't. No, you won't. Because everybody yeah. is doing their exactly. best. Exactly. She must be fucking miserable. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for yeah, coming on to you. talk about all this. Um, it was fun. Yeah. I it's really. Woo woo. Yeah, right. Woo! Um, where can people uh, watch your advice videos and everything else you got what? going on? Okay, so uh, my Instagram at Aiden Park Show. Mm -hmm. uh, daily advice. I've been. I, I was yelled at by a social media person. I have to do advice every day. Um, and uh, Aiden Park Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Well, thanks again for coming on, and I'm I'm glad that uh, you know you're you're doing okay. Sounds like you're doing great. As yeah. well, or well, as well, you know. Yeah, I'm doing. I think I'm doing well. I would say so. Yeah. So yeah. There you go. I work out. You know, <laughs> what else can you ask for? <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. That was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I I know that I did. Uh, I really again. There's a lot of laughter on an episode that this certainly is covering some dark subjects. But I think the way that Aiden is is handling himself. Uh, you know, I obviously wish him nothing but the best. Uh, as we talked about, he gives daily advice on his Instagram page, Aiden Park Show. Uh, so I highly suggest you check that out. It's it's pretty cool that uh, he's doing that and uh, finding a positive in, in the situation that he has found himself in. So check that out. 
five stars on Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to. And uh, that's it. So until next Wednesday, keep laughing.